Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. Informing America's farmers and ranchers, it's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. And hello, everyone. Welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Thank you for joining us on this Thanksgiving Eve. Hope you're having a good day, and we wish all of you a very safe, happy Thanksgiving holiday. Coming up on our program today, we're going to talk with Don Parrish with the American Farm Bureau Federation, get an update on the new Waters of the U.S. rule, and talk about the possibilities of it getting changed once again under a Biden administration. We're going to talk about ag exports with Joe Glauber, former USDA chief economist, and we'll talk markets with Matt Bennett with agmarket.net. All that coming up on today's program. Also, a a reminder, uh, the DTN Ag Summit will be a virtual event this year. It's coming up December 7th, 8th, and 9th. If you want a chance for free registration to that summit, they have a great lineup of speakers, lots of good information. Go to our website, Adams on Agriculture, and you'll see how you can uh, get your name in. And we'll be drawing a couple of names for free registration very soon. So get your names in there if you would like that opportunity to win free registration, to be chosen for free registration for the DTN Ag Summit. We'll have that drawing very, very soon. All right, glad to have with us the administrator for the Farm Service Agency, Richard Fordyce. Want to get some updates and reminders of deadlines and things like that. Richard, how are you? Well, Mike, I'm doing very well. I know you mentioned this is Thanksgiving Eve, so want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Thank you very much to you as well, and again, we hope it's a safe uh, holiday for everyone. We know it's going to be different, that's for sure, but uh, we hope it'll be uh, a good one for folks as they gather together, maybe in smaller gatherings, maybe even some of them virtual, however they're doing it, but hopefully it'll be a safe one. All right, some things to talk about here and get caught up on. Let's start with uh, CFAP2. Where are you with that? How's that going? Well, um, sign up is still, you know, is still continuing, obviously, and, and will continue until December the 11th. Um, you know, we continue to approve applications. As of Monday, 668,000 uh, applications. That means over 668,000 different producers have approved applications. We are now um, just shy of $10.7 billion being paid out in CFAP2. So, Lots of activity certainly happening in those county offices as producers uh, are continuing to uh, come in and sign up for CFAP2. You going to have enough money to cover it all? You know, I think so. Um, we originally had said this was going to be a $13.5 billion program with a maximum cap at $14 billion. Um, you know, we, continue, we, we obviously monitor it every day and, and look at the trends and and so on, and, and, and we feel pretty comfortable that we will uh, we'll have enough money to, to get this sign-up kind of to completion um, and get this uh, get CFAP2, uh, the CFAP2 program closed out um, under that $14 billion cap. All right. What about uh, DMC? What, can you, what do you want to tell dairy producers? Well, um, and I appreciate you asking about that, Mike. Um, so DMC, Dairy Margin Coverage Program, is uh, really the, uh, a, very, um, a very good risk management tool for dairy operations. You know, in 2019, we had over 23,000 dairy operations that enrolled in DMC. And in, and in 2020, um, for the 2020 production year, we saw that drop off some. Um, and so... Uh, we heard from a lot of dairy producers, you know, as we started to go into the COVID-19 uh, pandemic, wondering if we would reopen DMC. And, and the decision at the time was to not do that. Um, and so it's just really hard to predict, I guess. If, you know, if I were a dairy producer and, and looking, you know, looking at the future, trying to predict what that may look like, um, I think I'd want to take a real strong look at the Dairy Margin Coverage Program. It's a, it's a risk management tool. Uh, the dairy operations can um, uh, can enroll in. There's a premium that covers the the difference between the milk price and feed price. Um, you know that protects against that margin, the difference between those two. Um, 
It is a it is an improved version of the of the margin protection program from the 2014 farm bill. Congress fixed a lot of things uh, that folks really wanted to see changed um, in the dairy margin coverage program. Would certainly certainly encourage uh, operators from of a dairy operation to take a look at DMC. That sign up, Mike, also ends on December 11th. So not a lot of time for folks to uh, to get signed up. But we have a tool at farmers.gov that is a decision um, support tool for, for operations. They can put their own production in there. They can put their own unique numbers into this decision support tool to help them make a decision on um, on what is the what is the right coverage level for them. But but again, I can't say strongly enough. If you're an operator of a dairy operation and you haven't looked into DMC or you're not already signed up, certainly would encourage you to take a look at the program, um, see how it fits in your operation, and uh, just you know just give yourself some peace of mind and, and some protection against um, you know a potential um, big gap in that margin. Richard, finally, real quick, how are your county offices and staffs handling this uh, latest surge in COVID cases? Well, we um, we actually have we mon- again monitor that every day. Um, certainly, COVID nineteen has impacted our staff just like it's impacted the rest of the the American public. And so we had um, uh, we have we have come out with some guidance that actually happened yesterday. And we base the number of cases per 10,000 in a county. Now, certainly we have counties that don't even have 10,000 people in them. So, um, so we went out to our state executive directors yesterday and uh, have offered new guidance as far as phases. So we're going to have some counties, Mike, um, where we're really seeing the, the pandemic really flare up. We're going to have some counties that are going to go back to phase one or phase zero. Phase zero means no more than two employees in the office. Phase one means our employees are in the office. We're just not actually taking customers in um, in the office. You know, if, if you know if you need to do business with Farm Service Agency, and I'm sure a lot of folks do with all the sign-up deadlines we have, you know, I just strongly encourage you to pick up the phone and call your local office and see kind of what status they're going to be operating in. You know, we've been through this before. We did this at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, we operated in phase zero and phase one and still got a lot of work done. Um, so it's not that our offices are closing. It's just that there not, may not be uh, the ability for folks to come in in person, and we may have fewer folks physically in the office. But if you call that office, somebody's going to answer the phone, and they're going to be able to answer your questions. Yep, a busy couple of weeks here to wrap up uh, these programs. Uh, as always, Richard, we appreciate your time. Thank you very much, and have a happy Thanksgiving. All right, Mike, you too. Happy Thanksgiving, and it's always good to be with you, sir. Uh, We'll stay in touch. Thank you, Richard. Richard Fordyce, FSA Administrator. Well, up next, we've spent the last four years getting that controversial 2015 Waters of the U.S. rule changed. Now we have a new one with a new administration coming in. Could we see that one go out the window and efforts get us started to go back to the old one or yet another one? What's the latest on WOTUS? We'll talk with Don Parrish with the American Farm Bureau Federation about all that. That's coming up next. Stay with us. You're listening to AOA. Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around. Come experience the virtual DTN 2020 Ag Summit December 7th through the 9th. Challenging times demand that you reevaluate your operations. The DTN Ag Summit will focus on ways you can build a more resilient business to farm strong. General sessions and in-depth breakouts will connect you virtually with farmers and financial experts. Have some fun and network with top farmers from around the world. The DTN Ag Summit, December 7th through the 9th. Register at dtn.com forward slash ag summit. A cold front can slow the world to a crawl. But with Cenex Premium Diesel, your fleet can power through. Cenex Roadmaster XL Seasonally Enhanced comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn, optimizing cold weather performance over typical number two diesel. So rather than complaining about the cold, own it with Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel. 
diesel that doesn't mess around. A lot goes into keeping a precision operation moving. The inputs you choose have to deliver results. New Delaro Complete Fungicide from Bayer offers unmatched consistency and the most complete disease control available. Your corn and soybeans are protected and yields higher, even in unpredictable conditions. With Delaro Complete, you get results you can count on to help keep your precision operation running smoothly. Always read and follow label instructions. To learn more, visit delarocomplete.us today. In your everyday business operations, there are endless things you can't control. Fuel prices don't have to be one of them. With the Average Price Contracting Program available at FS, we can provide you with a way to reduce the uncertainty of fluctuating fuel prices. It's a smart and convenient way for you to know what your fuel costs are going to be so that you can enjoy a little peace of mind. The Average Price Contracting Program at FS is just one more way that we can help take your business further. Contact your FS Energy Specialist today. Visit GoFurtherWithFS.com for more information. Hey, Dad, your prescription will be ready in just a minute. Hey, Dad, your laundry will be ready in just a minute. Dad, your lunch will be ready in just a minute. Hey, honey, why don't you take a minute? When you help care for a loved one, you give them as much time as you can, making sure they're safe and comfortable. But it's just as important that you take some time for yourself. At AARP, we can help with information and useful tips on how you can maintain a healthy life balance, care for your own physical and mental well-being, and manage the challenges of caring for a loved one. Because the better care you take of yourself, the better care you can provide for your loved one. Thanks, Dad. Thank you. You're there for them. We're here for you. Find free care guides to support you and your loved one at aarp.org caregiving. That's aarp.org caregiving public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Adams on Agriculture is brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. With Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. Well, we have spent the last four years tracking the process of changing the 2015 Waters of the U.S. rule to this new rule that we have. So I want to get an update on where we are with the new rule and then look to the future as well. Don Parrish is with us, Senior Director, Regulatory Relations for the American Farm Bureau Federation. Don, thanks for being with us. It has been quite a process. Uh, We have the new rule now. What is its status? Where are we right now with the new rule? Well, Mike, that's a really good question, but one that I think your members or your listeners need to understand is that this rule is in place. It is the law of the land. And um, if the incoming administration uh, wishes to change it, they're going to have to go back through another rulemaking to change it. So that's not going to be an easy process, uh, but they can do it. I remember four years ago, you and I were talking about this. It was after the election, and um, you were saying, well, it'll take time. This will be a long process. You don't change a rule like this overnight. And sure enough, it took years to get it done. Would it take that long to change it again? Uh, Mike, it, it's not. It's not going to take that long. And I don't think it is a question of if. Uh, it's just how long it's going to take. I think this administration is coming in with the with the thought of trying to undo most of the executive actions that the Trump administration put into place. Um, and I want to remind your listeners why that's so important in this case. Uh, the 2015 rule was an overreach, and the courts said it was an overreach. Uh, it went beyond, the, you know, it pretty much broke the term navigable out of the Clean Water Act. And in doing so, it bordered on regulating land use. So there were plenty of of ammunition to shoot at that 2015 rule. Uh, It's anybody's guess as to how expansive uh, the incoming administration is going to be. It's going to take them a while to get their feet under them. And the good news for your listeners is that, you know, we think there's going to be at least a year or more that this rule, the Navigable Waters Protection Rule, which we believe is very protective of the environment, which provides the certainty and the transparency that farmers and landowners need to operate is going to be in place. 
but I do believe this administration is going to change it. Well, I, I, I think back to four years ago, WOTUS was one of the key issues for farmers in that election. And so now, if the when the new Biden administration comes in, if they try to change it, what would the process be? Would, can, can he do that by executive order, or does that have to go through a legal process? I mean, does it wind up in court, you think? What do you see ahead? Well, there's a lot of things in play even right now, Mike. Uh, there's a lot of litigation over the current Trump administration navigable waters protection rule. Uh, I think the first signal you will see that this administration does not intend to keep that rule is they'll stop defending it in court. And that will signal to the courts that they plan to change it. Uh, once they do that, then it's going to be you know, kind of up to our members and our grassroots to have the kind of uh, contact that they need uh, with government to advocate for their positions. Uh, hopefully, this administration will listen better than the, the administration did in 2015 to what agriculture's concerns were you can bet that that will be Farm Bureau's priority, is is getting in there early, trying to help them understand what our concerns are, and hopefully uh, through this process we're heard. Yeah, we don't know specifically what they would propose, but we have already seen by choices for key positions and different policy positions that have been stated, uh, kind of a return to the Obama-Biden years uh, kind of a preview of what may be to come in a Biden administration. Uh, that's right, Mike. Uh, we're not immune to the fact that the people that are now populating the Biden administration were pe- the same people, some of the same people that were were in the, the Obama administration. Uh, there is a new leader there. You know, Mr. Biden and, you know, his, you know, his leadership is going to be different than Mr. Obama's. And overall, you know, what I'm stating here is what I think is likely to happen. But, you know, in the end, it is going to be, you know, it starts at the top, uh, and ultimately the decisions will be made throughout the administration along those lines. And, you know, we're going to take every opportunity to help them understand what our concerns were with the 2015 rule, help them understand what we liked about the, the new navigable waters protection rule, and, and, and ultimately, you know, try to make sure that, that our advocacy uh, drives those points home. And it's not only those of us in Washington that understand the details of this issue. It really is about our grassroots, making sure that they, they communicate to their members of Congress, as well as people that have a direct inroad into this administration to, to start communicating that uh, early and often. We're talking with Don Parrish with the American Farm Bureau Federation. Don, so much of this last four years has been a time of confusion and mixed signals for landowners as we've gone through this process of change with WOTUS. Now, it sounds like you expect there'll be more of that confusion moving forward if we get into the process of changing it again. Um, that That is a real possibility. Uh, I'm not saying that it's going to, you know, how it's going to turn out or ultimately where they're going to fall on these issues. But I do believe uh, this administration, the incoming administration, has made it very clear. They made it very clear in questions that they answered for the American Farm Bureau that they're going to evaluate this. They're going to look at it, but it is clearly a priority for us, for an important constituency of this administration, I believe. Uh, that it is highly likely that they're gonna that this is gonna be one of the things that they they take on and and try to put behind them uh, over the next four years. So in the meantime, um, you said the new rule is now the law of the land. How has it been working? You know, we think that it has been providing the clarity that landowners need. Uh, have I heard of certain instances where there's been some conflict over the whole issue of, of you know, making clear the distinction between uh, streams that flow seasonally and those streams that only flow during uh, rainfall events? Those are called intermittent and ephemeral. Have I heard of some of those conflicts? Yes. 
But generally speaking, the agencies have been implementing this rule. They have been implemented in ways that we believe uh, that protects water quality and that, that draws the line on streams that most of us, when we walk out on our farm, understand are streams. You know, they're not erosion features. They're not... They're not areas where we put grass waterways. They're not, you know, our conservation practices. They're things that we truly understand as streams. Um, for the most part, we think it has been operating very well. We think that if this administration takes a hard look at that and understands how those are operating and do so in partnership with states, they understand that this is, I, I hope that they understand that this is going to be protective of water quality, going to be protective of the, our environment, and and hopefully keep a large portion of what's been done because there was a lot of hard work went into that. So are there any pending legal cases on the new rule? Uh, you know, I should have I should have given you the number, but yes, there are there are cases in California, Colorado, South Carolina, Massachusetts, and New York. Uh, all of those cases will be taken over by a new Department of Justice, uh, and I would venture to say that, that they're going to be looking at how, you know, I do not believe that the incoming administration uh, is going to look to continue those that litigation. They're going to try to figure out some way to put it on hold while they look at and tell judges that they're going to probably revise the rule. That's what I'm expecting. Mm -hmm. So here we go again, it sounds like. It is. And, Mike, I want your, your listeners to understand that the issue here is not about protecting water. It is really about an overreach that blurs the distinction between protecting water and allowing the government to direct land use. And once you get out on those outer fringes, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the federal government having a large say in private property rights. That's our issue. It's been our issue all along, and it is something that is a bedrock, bedrock fundamental of Farm Bureau. All right, Don, thank you for the update, and, uh, well, well, we'll kind of get ready for what's ahead on this one. Thanks a lot. Appreciate the update. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Absolutely. Thank you, Mike. Don Parrish with the American Farm Bureau Federation. WOTUS battles seem to be uh, coming again. All right. Up next, we're going to talk ag exports with Joe Glauber. Stay with us. You're listening to AOA. Cenex Premium Diesel comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn to optimize performance in all engines. Join us every Tuesday for Around the Table, brought to you by CHS, as we examine how the modern cooperative system solves today's biggest challenges. We'll be talking to CHS experts and farmers and ranchers just like you, and we'll learn how cooperatives apply innovation and technology to help co-op owners get more value every day. So join us for Around the Table every Tuesday, or visit cooperativeownership.com to learn more. A lot goes into keeping a precision operation moving. The inputs you choose have to deliver results. New Delaro Complete Fungicide from Bayer offers unmatched consistency and the most complete disease control available. Your corn and soybeans are protected and yields higher, even in unpredictable conditions. With Delaro Complete, you get results you can count on to help keep your precision operation running smoothly. Always read and follow label instructions. To learn more, visit delarocomplete.us today. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture for the American Ag Network. I'm Kirsten Raw with a market update. As we work through the final day before the Thanksgiving holiday, row crops are trading lower while wheat is trading mixed to mostly lower as well. Grain futures will see a normal close on Wednesday afternoon with no evening session Wednesday night. Grains will reopen Friday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time with a shortened session, which closes at 12.05 p.m. Central Time. On the Board of Trade, March Chicago wheat is trading down four and three quarters of a cent at 6.12 and three quarters of a cent. Kansas City wheat March down seven at 5.63 and a half cent. Minneapolis spring wheat December down a penny and a fraction at 5.68 and a fraction of a cent. March corn trading two and three quarters of a cent lower at 4.29 and three quarters of a cent. 
The May contract down three at 432 and three quarters. March soybeans down four at 11.89 and a fraction of a cent. November soybeans trading two and three quarters of a cent at 10.53 and a fraction of a cent. Early week trade has been positive across cattle futures as traders continue to focus on outside market optimism and how a COVID-19 vaccine hopes can stimulate beef demand through the upcoming months. February live cattle trading 10 cents lower at 113.85, April live cattle down 2 at 117.15, March feeder cattle up 52 at 138.65, April up 37 at 139.82, February lean hogs up 32 at 67.07, April lean hogs down 35 at 70.57. In the outside markets, the Dow is down 170 points, the Nasdaq composite up 16 points, the S&P 500 down 12. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture for the American Ag Network. I'm Kirsten Rall. The Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council present the story of Cynthia and Ed. My mother was always very active and independent and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, out of the blue, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. And uh, she didn't know whether she should go forward or or turn or just stay at the stop sign. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. She was very concerned. It was very unsettling for her. It's important for you to talk to someone about it, to bring the family in on it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, I don't want you to worry or be afraid. I'll be there for you and we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. Well, the market situation has certainly changed during the course of 2020, looking a lot brighter here at the end of the year than it has throughout most of the year or the last several years for that matter. Let's talk about it with Joe Glober, former USDA chief economist, now senior research fellow for the International Food Policy Research Institute. Joe, thanks for joining us. Uh, we have, we've had this market rally during harvest and we have now the a change in the stocks uh, picture, and we have these um, estimates and projections of, of stronger and higher export levels. Uh, that sounds pretty bullish as we wrap up this year and head to 2021. Do you, do you share that optimism? Oh, yeah. No, this is this best picture we've seen in agriculture. You know, at least you have to go back to the 13, 14 uh, a year, you know, it, it, it does look good. The China numbers look, look really great, you know, for particularly for beans, but also corn looks good. I mean, it, you know, we benefited from a lot of things that have come together here. Uh, I mean, who would think that, you know, when we talk about trade spats, the trade spats that I think that have helped us have been with, uh, China's with Canada and with, with Australia, you know, they, they, uh, they cut out a lot of barley imports, and, and I think our corn has really gained there, and that's that's been good news. And the fact that their hog population came back so quickly, um, I think none of us really saw that. I think we thought that that would be at least two years before we'd see some recovery there, but it's it looks really good. Yeah, so much this unexpected, and to see all these things kind of come together, it's almost a, a perfect storm scenario here almost, isn't it? Well, you know, uh, you know, we have had bad weather uh, in certain parts of the world. So, you know, you you look at what's, of course, the planning uh, situation in the southern hemisphere hasn't been good. Uh, um, uh, you know, we've had dryness in uh, former Soviet Union, uh, Ukraine, and, and Russia, and other things that that point to tightness there on it. Certainly for wheat, and and yeah. So I think we're, you know, it's going to be an interesting period over the next. Um, several months. Now, some of the, the potential downside of this, uh, you, you probably have seen some of the reports where 
crush margins in China have really deteriorated uh, recently, um, and there's some talk that they may not be importing as much. They may cancel some sales, but we'll see. Uh, again, um, I don't think this is stock building. I think this is actually going into, you know, <laughs> going into the mouths of, of pigs and, and, and chickens. So uh, uh, they'll need to keep importing, and, and hopefully we'll see strong um, sales this coming year. We're talking with former USDA chief economist Joe Glauber. Joe, we've gone from a if this can happen, if this could happen scenario to how long will it continue now? That's the big question. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And uh, again, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I know it's a often heard phrase, but, you know, the uh, high prices don't continue for a real long time before there's some, uh, you know, there's some reaction. And um, we'll just have to see. I mean, I think the, the real uncertainty over the next several months is going to be that South American crop, and um, that will be a, a real big uh, uh, issue. If that really deteriorates, then I think we could really see some big price hikes. But, um, you know, I think, you know, I, again, you, you noted in the intro that, uh, I mean, we've seen these prices uh uh, start rising during harvest, and that's not typical, uh, obviously. And uh, uh, I think it bodes well for you know the next six, seven, eight, nine months, and, and hopefully longer. Yeah the the prospects of the crop. I mean, obviously ours was good, but not great, not record breaking, which it's kind of thought it might be at one point. Now we look at South America. If they have even a good crop, does that depress prices? I mean, does it take a, a real problem there? Or if they were to have just a good crop and not a great crop, what's the market reaction to that? Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I mean, I think people are, are have already put a little bit of, of uh, risk premium in that crop just because of the, the, the situation. I think it would have to really turn out to really exceed expectations a lot and, and be a um, you know, uh, come January, February, start getting really big. You know, with if we're seeing big numbers come out of there, then I think that would certainly dampen things. But for the time being, this you know, they are going to be the news uh, uh, in the world. I mean, we're you know, all the other uh, essentially gone through the harvest. We've seen what we kind of know what's uh, at least in terms of the northern hemisphere, what crops look like, and and um, you know, again, I think. If you were to see something where China were to start canceling our sales, that certainly would take a little bit of the the um, heat off of, of of the soybean market. But you know, again, the, the, I I don't see I've never seen this as being propelled by you know uh, promises to buy a lot of commodities because of phase one. I think it's you know it's being driven by the market. All has been driven by the market all the way through this and. Uh, I continue to think that that's going to be uh, bode well at least over the next year. What about the unknown now of how the Biden administration, what their policy will be towards China? Could that uh, make a big switch in this one way or the other? Oh, I think that will play out over time. I just don't see anything really big on the horizon, you know, in the first year or so, uh, you know, so much of, of the first year of an administration has been getting, um, you know, putting people in place, other things. I mean, I, obviously the, the Trump administration, that first year was, uh, those first few weeks were kind of uh, wild with, with pulling out of TPP and other things. But I, I think that, that generally, uh, insofar as something like China is concerned, I think they'll take an approach of trying to use, uh, you know, talking to allies and other things and trying to pressure China uh, that way. Uh, and that will take time. I mean, I, I just don't see that as anything really uh, um, causing uh, any risks or anything like that. I think we'll, this will play out for a while. Um, but, you know, what happens over the long run, I think, just as will be how successful they are and how much they really want to get engaged in trying to uh, trying to resolve some of these issues because the issues are still there. All the problems, obviously, with um, 
you know, the, uh, industrial subsidies and business practices and all the problems that brought us to the trade war in the first place are still very much in place. They're going to have to decide what to do about the tariffs. You know, I, for one, would like to see the tariffs come off. Um, but, you know, we have, a lot of, we have a lot of leverage right now with them, so I don't think that should be given up either. Um, hopefully they can constructively engage and get some long-term ref- structural reforms, which would help not just agriculture, but obviously, uh, you know, uh, manufactured goods as well and services and all the other things we have interest in. We'll see what happens as we go through our winter, and there are some dry concerns and drought concerns in parts of the Midwest. But it would seem the market's buying bean acres. If we had a big switch to bean acres uh, next spring here, would you see that really holding down, you know, kind of being bearish to the market? Yeah, obviously. Well, obviously, it would, would, uh, I think we would adjust things a bit. That the, uh, you know, I, yeah, I was, I think I'm, you can probably find a quote from me over the last year saying that I didn't think we'd see 90 million anytime soon. And, and <laughs> you learn something new every day, even if uh, yeah. many years into this business. So we'll see. Uh, uh, but, but certainly, yeah, the, 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 you know, price ratios certainly are, are saying market wants, uh, wants to see a little bit more soybeans. So we'll see. If 2020 has taught us anything, it's to be careful with predictions, right? Uh, I, I think back oh, yeah. to a year ago at this time, we were saying, let's get 2019 behind us. 2020 has to be better. <laughs> and we had all that hope and promise at the beginning of the year, and then we, we've seen what's happened in 2020. But on the markets, they have certainly, uh, they have certainly you know, rebounded. And th- as I keep saying, the script has been flipped, at least for the time being, and hopefully it's going to continue for a while with these stronger prices, you seem to think they will for a while. Yeah, although, <laughs> let me remind but you. But who knows, right? Five yeah, weeks left, Five weeks left of this year, so and <laughs> 2020 may not be done yet. Uh, hopefully not. Hopefully we see, uh, um, you know, hopefully we see the this robust uh, export picture uh, uh, turn out to be true and, and we get those those uh, sales made and shipments shipped and uh uh, if you see a little bit of higher prices, that'd be a great way to start 2021 for sure. I wrote a commentary recently saying 2020 was a bad year to be a forecaster. <laughs> there were a lot of wrong forecasts in a, a lot of areas in 2020. Humbling, humbling. <laughs> humbling, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Joe, always good to talk with you, and uh, at least it. It's nice to have, uh, and I keep saying this, positive options, you know, as farmers look at marketing choices and decisions, and they've got some big ones, but uh, they got better numbers to look at. So that's that's good news here as we wrap up 2020. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm the voice of the loom when I come on this show, so I'm glad <laughs> I can come in with a little better things. Uh, have a great Thanksgiving. You too, Joe. Thank you very much. Joe Glauber, former USDA Chief Economist, now Senior Research Fellow for the International Food Policy Research Institute. All right. Well, that said, about it being a tough year for forecasters, uh, we're going to try to get a forecast uh, from our next guest, Matt Bennett with agmarket.net. And we'll get his thoughts on where we're at with the markets here as we're closing out 2020 and looking ahead to 2021. What are the key things he's looking for? How bullish is he for this? Is he about this uh, market rally continuing through the winter and into the next spring? We'll get his thoughts on all that next. Stay with us. You're listening to AOA. Adams on Agriculture, brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. 
I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, <clears throat> me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. A cold front can slow the world to a crawl. But with Cenex Premium Diesel, your fleet can power through. Cenex Roadmaster XL Seasonally Enhanced comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn, optimizing cold weather performance over typical number two diesel. So rather than complaining about the cold, own it with Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around. I've seen a lifetime of farming, and the one thing you can count on is change. So, now there's a new inoculant for soybean growers from Lalman Plant Care. The new rhizobium species and unique technology and Lalfix Pro Yield Liquid Soybean deliver improved nitrogen fixation and iron uptake. I've seen a lot of change, but this, well, this changes everything. Contact your Lalman sales representative today. A lot goes into keeping a precision operation moving. The inputs you choose have to deliver results. New Delaro Complete Fungicide from Bayer offers unmatched consistency and the most complete disease control available. Your corn and soybeans are protected and yields higher, even in unpredictable conditions. With Delaro Complete, you get results you can count on to help keep your precision operation running smoothly. Always read and follow label instructions. To learn more, visit delarocomplete.us today. When you think of home, you think of warmth, comfort, and peace of mind. And that's exactly what you get when you choose propane from FS. With propane from FS, you get our well-trained professional staff, along with an array of products and services designed to ensure that your propane system is functioning properly and efficiently. Add to this a variety of convenient terms and ways to save money, and you've got the right solution to all your home energy needs. Contact your local FS propane specialist today. FS Propane. Feels like home. Visit fspropane.com. Recently on Adams on Agriculture, we want to get an update on how the national rural health care system is holding up. Joining us is Brock Slaybaugh, Senior Vice President, Member Services for the National Rural Health Association. I am afraid to report that we're seeing some really stressed health care systems right now, both in rural and urban parts of our country. We are seeing occupancy rates of 90% or more in our ICUs. Many states are reporting their uh, intensive care units being full and much over capacity. We have more than 18 states now that have 10% of their hospital patients being treated for COVID. This puts us into a surge level of staffing and demand, and this creates some real stress on the healthcare system in general and in rural areas specifically. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. Adams on Agriculture is brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. With Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. And we're joined now by Matt Bennett with agmarket.net. 
Matt, thanks for joining us. Good to talk with you. I, I, in the last segment, I was talking about how it was a tough year for those in your business predicting markets. I mean, everything flipped here in a good way here at the end of the year. Uh, so now the question is, we've gone from can we get to this point to can it continue? What are your thoughts on this continuing? Yeah, you know, obviously we've got a little different trade here being a holiday week. I think there's some uh, profit taking going on. Uh, but at the same time, you got to look at the main drivers, I guess, that are that are moving the market around. First of all, you hear about some uh, cancellations of soybean cargoes out of China. Uh, but then at the same time, uh, you know, usually when we see that, we also know that the Chinese are ready to buy more beans at a lower price. And so, you know, the other the other thing we got to keep close eye on is the South American weather because there's no doubt that there's a fair amount of dryness there that uh, way drier than what they typically are. The La Nina is pretty strong, and so most of your forecasters are, you know, kind of calling for a seven to ten day forecast. It's pretty dry, and so uh, if they don't break out of this rut, uh, there's no question in my mind that these markets aren't going to fall apart too bad, uh, at least for the time being. So let me ask you this, and I, I asked this of Joe Glober in the last uh, segment. You know, here we had a good harvest, but not a great harvest, not as big as we at one point thought we would. So if they have in South America just a good harvest, not a not a record breaker, just a good harvest or something around that is what how did the markets react to that? How bad would it have to get before there was a big market reaction? Well, you know, in my opinion, you're going to need to see uh, at least 130 million metric ton of soybeans out of South America, out of Brazil, you know, to to feel good about it. You know, uh, uh, obviously, uh, the appetite for soybeans is so robust that, uh, you know, whether it's I mean, it's China. We we all know that that's where 90 percent of your of your uh, you know of your demands coming from that those aren't exact numbers I'm just uh, uh, but anyway you know I mean most of your demands coming from there so bottom line is you know that you're going to need South America to pick up whenever uh, we start to fall off a little bit I mean we're at a 190 carryout right now uh, and that's without a little bit of extra work uh, being done uh, on exports like we felt like maybe the USDA should have done for the November report I mean the the entire drop was based upon production and so. If we're really at a 150 or below, I mean, that's pipeline. We're getting in a, in a really tight situation. So we need South America uh, to be able to provide enough soybeans uh, to keep this ball rolling. Uh, you know, and if not, there's no question that you're going to have to see a, a demand rationing rally, which, which could be, uh, you know, quite a bit more than what we've already seen. Well, that's interesting to watch South America and – not just think, well, if they have a bad year, that's good for us. We need them to have <laughs> be able to hit certain levels then. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously you want to see beans uh, take off and go. There's no doubt. They've already taken off and gone now. I mean, we're we're sitting here $12 <laughs> beans, uh, you know, on cash for a lot of folks. I mean, yeah, we're within 15 cents on the board. And so, you know, why would a producer get terribly bullish here? And so I, I guess the way I'm looking at it, is there potential? Absolutely. But you know, if I'm a producer that's sitting on some old beans, I think the better thing to do is is maybe get those beans priced, you know, and then and put yourself in a in a position where you can take advantage of a huge rally. Uh, you're not going to participate penny for penny, but my personal opinion is to do something limited risk, which means it's with options, and you're not going to participate penny for penny, but you're also going to have your shirt intact if you're wrong and South America starts getting rain in this weather. You know, the weather ends up, uh, I guess, throwing cold water on this rally. So, all the talk, all the attentions on beans, what do you see with the corn market? Yeah, I mean, corn is, is uh, certainly something we don't want to go to sleep on either. I mean, you know, you're looking at a 1-7 carry out of, out of the November report. Me, as well as a lot of folks in the industry, think that we're actually quite a bit tighter than 1-7. Now, I'm probably closer to 1-5. I do think there's more work to do on exports. I don't think the crop's going to get any better, bigger. If anything, it could get a little smaller yet. And I know people probably roll their eyes there, but that gun, Mike, you don't talk to too many guys in the uh, origination business that feel good about how much corn that they've been able to latch onto so far. Basis levels continue to stay extremely strong. If uh, nothing else, we're seeing them build, especially over on the river, 
uh, now that barge traffic's uh, settled down just a little bit. So uh, my personal opinion on corn is that we're going to stay well supported for the time being. We've got to know more about what's going to happen with that second crop in Brazil. Is it going to get planted, the Sabrina crop, you know, in, the, in a timely fashion? With Ukraine out of the export business for the most part due to the drought they had, uh, there's no doubt that if China continues to want to replenish some of that 50 million metric ton they sold out of their reserves, you know, they're going to have to get out on the world market and do so. And we're the cheapest corn in the world right now. Hmm. So China and South America, that's what we watch, what we focus on now, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're watching the dollar as well. I mean, the dollar is under 92 as we speak. Uh, we're down sharply again on the day. Uh, crude oil is up. You know, this Dow's been around 30,000. I mean, we've gotten some good outside help. Uh, but watch that dollar very closely and then you watch the crude oil market. Uh, we saw a really good ethanol grind again for this week. So uh, those numbers just came out a little bit ago and we're over 100 million bushels that we boiled through. Uh, you know, if you could continue with numbers like that, given the rest of the demand situation, for instance, cattle on feed numbers are so strong. Uh, boy, I'll tell you what, um, this corn situation is just going to continue to get tighter and tighter. And we watched COVID and lockdowns and things like that. That's another factor. It is. There's no doubt that uh, if you didn't have those factors, maybe this rally wouldn't have stalled out. Uh, you know, there's definitely, if you want to get speculatively long, you better do so seeing uh, what the potential is on the other side. And COVID is definitely one of those things that can uh, come around and get you. But obviously the trade is not terribly uh, concerned about gasoline usage and, uh, you know, how much people are going to drive considering the, the kind of week that crude oil has had. And so uh, it's certainly been uh, welcome to see that kind of rally, especially for anybody, uh, you know, and uh, watching this ethanol market. So uh, very yeah. nice week as far as energy is concerned. It's, it's got nothing but support our corn prices. Well, we may not drive as far, but we may spend more time in in waiting in line at drive-throughs at fast food restaurants, and we use gas that way. Hey, have a happy Absolutely. Thanksgiving, Matt. Same to you, buddy. Take care, Matt Bennett with AgMarket.net, and to all of you, thanks for being with us. We'll have our programs tomorrow and Friday as well, some best ofs. But we also wish all of you a safe and happy Thanksgiving. Cenex Premium Diesel comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn to optimize performance in all engines. A lot goes into keeping a precision operation moving. The inputs you choose have to deliver results. New Delaro Complete Fungicide from Bayer offers unmatched consistency and the most complete disease control available. Your corn and soybeans are protected and yields higher, even in unpredictable conditions. With Delaro Complete, you get results you can count on to help keep your precision operation running smoothly. Always read and follow label instructions. To learn more, visit delarocomplete.us today. Come experience the virtual DTN 2020 Ag Summit December 7th through 9th. Challenging times demand that you reevaluate your operations. The DTN Ag Summit will focus on ways you can build a more resilient business to farm strong. General sessions and in-depth breakouts will connect you virtually with farmers and financial experts. Have some fun and network with top farmers around the world. The DTN Ag Summit December 7th through 9th. Register at dtn.com forward slash ag summit.